Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 244, which we are recording on Thursday, May 6, 2021. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I think we're recording this time. <laughs> we are. Big cheer. Yay. We've had a couple glitches. So let's just, <laughs> I'm not going to tempt fate. Let's just get right into it. What are you okay. wearing? What I have been wearing is my beekeeper cardigan, which is a pattern by Marie Green. I knit my beekeeper cardigan back in September of 2018, which can you believe is now believe two and a ago. half years ago? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it still feels like a new finish. Yeah, it feels like that to me, too. (laughs) Yeah. And I am still very fond of this sweater, having used a holy grail sweater quantity of Madeline Tosh DK in the Logwood colorway. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I am still unsure about, though, is the button bands or the front edging I guess I can't really call them button bands because it's an open front cardigan that doesn't have buttonholes. So it's not really a true button band, but it's the front edging that the buttons and buttonhole would be placed into and upon if it did have those closures. And I think when I record when I recorded it, when I knit it, (laughs) I had some reservations about the front bands because I remember I tried a couple of different things to have it lay flatter and also to get the correct number of stitches picked up and I tried several different numbers and I felt like when it got down to even four stitches difference minus four stitches it didn't look right and adding four stitches it still did it didn't look right for different reasons like two flared with one and not enough stitches the other with only a difference of four stitches yeah wow which is just one one rib and one pearl section Mm -hmm. because it's a knit two pearl two and right now what is happening after having worn it for a little bit, I feel like one side of the sweater feels longer than the other. Yeah. And I, yeah. And they have the same number of stitches. It's just laying differently. So I'm not completely happy with that. And I am considering ripping it out again and maybe crocheting an oh. edge on instead. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I think that might that might be an easy fix. Since I'm not happy with it, I might as well rip it out. And when I say easy, it might not be easy. But in my head, I'm thinking that that might be an easier fix. And it might just lay flat better. So I think I'm going to give it a try. You know Mary is cheering right now, right? <laughs> Coney Hot Dog is cheering because she's the crochet expert. So, yes. And actually, I think it would look really nice. It would. I It'd be really have pretty. another sweater where I did a single crochet button band edging and I really liked it. And every time I think about doing it, I realize how much I like it and I really should do it. Mm-hmm. So, I should just rip it, give it a try. So, that might be. You might be hearing about that over the next few months when I finally get the energy and the wherewithal to really rip it out. (laughs) When you get in that mood. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So how about you? What have you been wearing? Yesterday, I wore my first ranunculus all day long, and it was so nice. Every time I put that sweater on, I think, oh, this is the perfect sweater in so many ways. So... Of course, it led me to want to knit a giant cardigan similar to like a cloud, but bigger, more oversized, more like a bathrobe, but back to ranunculus. Uh, We've talked about this one a lot on the podcast, so I won't go into too much detail, but this is the version that I knit with mohair silk lace held doubled with a merino silk lace. So ultimate and silky luxury. 
and it's a light pink with tiny little speckles of darker pink. So it's my happiest colors, happiest weight of sweater, happiest fit. And I was wearing it with joggers and it was just a perfect cozy thing to oh, wear nice. when you're kind of chilly at your computer all day. <laughs> so ranunculus for the win. Yay. All right. What have you been stocking? Well, I'm bringing up something that I stocked. I looked it up. I stocked this way back in episode 91, which is closer to when this pattern was released back in 2015. Cool. Pattern on your Wii leads you to Q slash favorites from the past. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a pattern by a designer named Meiju KP. And Gail and I have both stocked some of her designs before, and I looked it up. I know you knit a pattern by her called the Focus Dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one, I original, like I said, I originally stocked it in it's 2015. Right oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gail's in her right closet, and she just pulled out her Focus Dress to show oh, me. I need to wear this. I forgot all about it. It's really pretty. Okay, go ahead. It, Sorry. It'll be it'll be a great spring yes. top. And yeah. fall. Yeah. So Oreed is a cardigan that is it's a jacket style sweater, somewhat along the lines of an open front blazer, but it has a lace inset at the center back. And the lace inset starts at about what looks to be like where the bra band would go across your back. And at the top of this lace panel, there's a what looks like a small little box plate. But as you travel down the garment towards the hem at the bottom of the garment, the lace panel increases in width. And by the time you get to the hem, the lace panel is really just an inset panel more than a pleat. So it looks like a little pleat at the top, but then increases, increases, and finishes off just like a little inset lace panel at the bottom. The increase in the stitch count in that lace panel gives the jacket a nice A-line shape, which I really like. It's made in fingering weight. So, of course, I have several options in stash. I'm going to do a little research and see how this designer's patterns are generally rated. Do you remember liking her pattern? You may not remember because that was so long ago. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, the designer is Finnish and so the patterns are available in English and Finnish. So I just want to make sure that they're I don't know if they're translated or if they're written in English. I'll, I'll just do a little research and make sure the patterns are well written. But I really like this one still after all that time. Six years. Yeah. I still like it. I've forgotten about it a little bit. I think it had been on my queue for a while and then I eventually removed it from my queue. But I think it's going to go back on the queue or onto the needles fairly soon. I haven't looked to pick a yarn exactly yet, but I must have something I can use. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, I happen to know where there's a yarn store. Yes. Yes. So that is Oreed by Meiju KP. And then the second thing I am stocking is something that I probably wouldn't knit for myself, but I think it's an intriguing pattern just in the construction, and I like the idea because it does use self-striping yarn in a different way. So this pattern is called Bright Axis, and it's by Stephanie Lotven. And as I mentioned, it uses self-striping sock yarn. So there are lots of different dyers who make self-striping sock yarn. This particular pattern calls for mustache yarn. I think we met the dyer of mustache yarn many years ago at Stitches mm-hmm. West. Yeah. Stacy? That yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> very friendly, very friendly. Yes, yes. So 
bright axis is a top. And when you look at the top, it takes the self-striping yarn and you knit a panel across the top of the upper chest and the shoulders and the sleeves. So it's like a horizontal pattern going from one short sleeve to the other short sleeve. Matching panel for the back. It looks like those are perhaps, I don't know if it's seamed or knit all in one piece at the shoulders, opening for the head, and then picked up, st stitches are picked up along the side of these panels, and you knit a tube down for the body in a solid color. It's really cool hmm. because it's got this rainbow effect of stripes going cool. across the sleeves, across the the shoulders, the upper bust, and then down the other sleeve. They're only short sleeves. And let's see, I don't know if it shows the, the back is exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same, but it's a different panel. So the striping sequence is a little bit different. It's kind of offset. And then the solid color down. I thought it was really neat. And it's a cool other use for self-striping yarn. Yeah. Yeah. So question, since self-striping yarn is usually made for socks, is are they stripes that go across that sweater or are yes. they little blips of color? No, they're stripes. Huh. I suspect, let's see, I cannot tell from the pattern. All it says is that it's knit bottom up and seamed, but honestly what it looks like is it's a rectangle knit in self-striping yarn for the front, a rectangle for the back, okay. seamed at the shoulders, and then it could just be picked up along the edges and knit straight down for the tube. It does not look super complicated, and there isn't a lot of description on the pattern page. Interesting. I'm curious but, to see that one. Yeah, I just thought it was very cool the way that it used the self-striping yarn in a different way. So that is Bright Axis by Stephanie Lotven. What are you stocking, Gail? I am stocking two sweaters. One is called Otra, and it's by Skein Deer Knits. And I've seen many beautiful sweaters from Skein Deer Knits over the years. She has a very pretty aesthetic I want to say lots of cables. This one is top down drop sleeve color work yoke. So what she does is it's a pullover. I should have started with that. And in fingering weight, what she does is it's knit in the round and then you steek for the armholes. So instead of having a circular yoke color work sweater, you have a drop sleeve color work sweater. So hmm. different construction of the look that I've been knitting a lot of the last couple of years. So that different construction intrigues me. And the version I saw that really caught my eye is from Rachel Fitz, FTZ, on Ravelry. She's one of our regular contributors in our group. She's very chatty, very friendly. And she is doing the wool company maybe dress challenge where you wear the same oh, wool yes. dress every day and for a hundred days or something like exactly. that. exactly yeah. and one of the days probably more than one of the days but one day i was on instagram i saw her style it with her otra sweater and it's so pretty it's there's just something about it that really calls to me and the color work isn't very deep on the yoke it doesn't go very deep and then it's just stocking it from there down and you steek the armholes and pick up around that steek and knit down for the sleeves. And I just love it. <laughs> it's really, really pretty. <laughs> so that may be something that I do knit and not just admire from a distance. Cool. So again, that's Otra by Skein Deer Knits. And the next sweater was in the What Are You Stocking thread in our Ravelry group. And our friend Tamara posted this one. It's called Mira, and it's by Annie Lupton. And I've heard of Annie Lupton before, but I don't think I'd ever really noticed any of her patterns. 
And Mira is a tunic verging on a dress, but it's actually a tunic. And it's worsted weight, which maybe not so practical for us here, but it's super pretty. It's A-line and similar to the blazer-like garment you just described, Mm -hmm. it has a lace panel that goes down the front. Oh, And it's V-neck, which normally I don't wear V-necks, but it's really pretty. And Mm -hmm. that lace panel goes down kind of not not the whole front of the sweater, but down kind of an inverted wide V down the mm-hmm. front of the sweater. It's really, really pretty. It sounds pretty. Yeah. And the woman who was wearing it, I think she had on probably leggings and boots. And it's just one of those, oh, I love oh. to wear that kind of looks. Yeah. So that one really struck a chord with me. And that's Mira by Annie Lupton. And the other category of things I am stocking yet again is blankets. <laughs> I ha- This is a recurring theme for me, right? So generally, it's because one of my kids asked for a blanket. And I told Max when he left for college that I would knit him a blanket. And that was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So we weren't able to go and look for yarn. So it kind of never got off the ground. Yeah. And at that time, he wanted yellow and blue, the Berkeley colors, Cal Berkeley colors. And this weekend, he was home visiting. And he said, yeah, I thought you were going to knit me a blanket. And I said, yeah, I thought we were going to go look for yarn. So he said, just knit me something. I'll love anything you knit. And I rolled my eyes at him and I said, <laughs> okay, any color? And he said, any color. And I said, orange? And he's like, okay, well, maybe not any color. <laughs> I said, okay, I need some direction here, honey. I'm not just going to knit you something random. But he said, pick something you will enjoy knitting. So I'm going to stock blanket patterns and see. And I went into our blanket knit along thread on Ravelry, which is not an organized knit along by any means. It's just a ongoing thread for people who are knitting blankets and crocheting blankets. I was going to say, there are some really good blanket ideas in that thread. Beautiful blankets. Oh my gosh, there's some works of art in that thread. So I'm back on the blanket knitting bandwagon. And I have to tell (laughs) you, I was asking him about colors. And I said, what if I knit you a rainbow blanket? And he rolled his eyes and he said, you and your rainbows, do not knit me a rainbow blanket. That's the one thing I won't like. And Max is gay. So the fact that he, of all people, doesn't want a rainbow blanket, yet I would love rainbow anything, just kind of cracks me up. So we know he doesn't want orange and he doesn't want rainbow and pretty much everything else is up to me. Yeah. (laughs) Kids, even the grown up ones. (laughs) All right. So what have you been knitting? All right. Well, I am still working on my leaf bird. As I was telling Gail over the last couple of days, I haven't been knitting a lot for the last week, at least. I have just been very, very tired. I got my second COVID vaccine, and that really took a dip out of my productivity because I wasn't feeling well for a couple of days, and I've just been so tired since I got that. <laughs> so I am still working on Leafbird. I am almost done knitting across the back. Leafbird is the open front lace weight cardigan that has these diamond panels in the back. Oh, that, you know, that makes me realize it's got the fancy bits on the back, just like the all read with oh. the lace panel on the back. Yeah. The theme <laughs> Similar. For you. Yeah. So I'm still working on that. Very anxious to get this one finished because I think the lace white garment will be something that I will probably enjoy wearing a lot. And then the second thing I am working on is a blanket. I cast on another, like, well, yeah, I cast on another blanket. This one is called On the Porch by 5410 Studio. And it is knit in yarn that has been in my stash for a very, 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 very <laughs> long time. <laughs> I I think it's been in my stash for nine years, Gail, if you can believe that. Yeah, long time. Yeah. So it was one of those sweater quantities of yarn that I purchased because I really did love it. 
but it's been sitting in stash almost too good to use. And every time a pattern comes around that I think could work, there's always some problem. Either it's too much yarn or not enough yarn. And I've been limiting myself because if I find a sweater that would work with the yarn for this gauge but doesn't use enough of the yarn, I won't make it mm -hmm. because I've wanted to use the majority of the yarn. I didn't want to use, for example, half the yarn or yeah. three quarters of the yarn and then have an odd amount left. But unfortunately, what that does is really limit what I can make with that yarn. And in this case, it limited my using it. So I finally decided, hey, make a blanket. I'll put the blanket in my bedroom, on the bed or on the couch, and I'll get to look at the pretty yarn mm -hmm. every day. <laughs> yes, that's such a good idea. And I'm very happy with it. The blanket so far is beautiful. I think I am on the third skein I can't even remember how many skeins there are. There Is were quite a few. You? No. No, that purple, it looked like it might no, be No, that's it. my beekeeper. Oh, okay. <laughs> so similar color. Similar color, yeah. I think I've got, it may be like eight skeins or something, and I'm on the oh. third one. So I haven't gotten that far along on it but it's not a rush project this is a project that is mostly knit in garter stitch and it's a very comforting knit for me and my hands were achy so it was oh. something that I could just knit for a little bit without causing too much stress on my hands I have so, a question for you about achy hands did the second COVID COVID vaccine make your hands hurt Yes, I think it did. It gave me shooting pains in my hands and my feet. I woke up that night about eight hours after, no, more than eight hours. But yeah, shooting shooting pains. It was, well, yeah, I'll, it was really weird because I was telling somebody that below my elbows and below my knees. Yes. Were really achy. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I thought it was just me. I'm glad you said something. I would have just kept on thinking it was just me. Nope. Oh, how bizarre. Okay, it now was I feel very a little bizarre. validated. <laughs> so that is On the Porch by 5410 Studio. What are you knitting, Gail? Well, this is kind of strange. I have only one project on the needles that oh, I that just <laughs> cast on when we started recording. So I cast on the dotty, the dotty beanie. For some reason, tried to say that fast five times. It's by Stephanie Jessica Lau, and she is the designer of the dotty cardigan that I knit for Josie. And this is basically the hat version of that. And it's a charity hat, so it will be my charity hat for May. And it's I'm using Donegal Studio Tweed, which I've seen we saw it at Stitches like every year for years. Yeah, and now I don't yeah. I don't remember seeing it the last couple of years we were there. But it's a very sturdy Aaron weight, not overly processed, I would say. I don't there's no veg matter in it so far, but it's not tightly plied, I would say. Mm. So it's not super soft either. It's I wouldn't say it's a next to skin yarn just based on the last, you know, 35 minutes I've been working with it, but it will make a very, very warm hat. Yeah. So, and next I have already swatched for and have the yarn out for the shawl, the hoodie shawl cardigan. So that'll be on the needles hopefully by Yay. tonight. And I think I'm going to finish my Sisuris. Oh, I think excellent. I'm going to do it so that it's not excellent. just hanging around. So I it's figured, a beautiful sweater. Yeah, I've got one sleeve and I have to fix the bottom and then it's a finished sweater. So I'm excited. Stay tuned. Awesome. That might be a finished object next time. Okay. We would like to thank our sponsor this month, Western Sky Knits. We at Western Sky Knits are working from the studio until we can see you again at fiber events. We're looking forward to once again being inspired by your beautiful projects and providing inspiring yarns. Until then, our website is open for business 
where you will find our gorgeous hand-dyed yarns, including brights, speckles, and tonals, and a huge selection of yarn bases. Including some of the ones that Gail and I have worked with. Our favorites include the Super Soft Merino 17 that comes in worsted, DK, and fingering weights. Magnolia Sock, which is the Merino Cashmere Nylon Blend. They have a beautiful mohair silk blend. They have a couple of different smooth sock blends, which are always nice for fingering weight knitting. And one of our newest offerings is Zebra, a soft 100% superwash merino fingering weight yarn. Zebra is a two-ply yarn with a touch of black merino thrown in. So if you can picture spinning a ply, maybe you're spinning along and spinning along your merino and then occasionally you grab a handful of black merino so that you get this really cool zebra effect in your plies. I haven't tried it yet, but I am looking forward to giving it a try. And I don't know if, well, Gail and I have talked about it. There are lots of color work patterns out there right now where you can use a skein of yarn that's either hand spun or has that look of hand spun. And you use that for the color work, and it kind of gives you a color-changing look. I think you could use this yarn for that as well. It's very, Mm -hmm. very cool. I can't wait to try that. It's really pretty. And soon, from Western Sky Knits, if you are looking for U.S. homegrown wool, they'll be stocking a locally grown wool from Bear Ranch, which is just down the road from their studio. So it comes from a flock in Montana, which is very cool. cool. The yarn is currently in the process of being spun, and there will be details on this new base coming soon. Yeah, so visit wsknits.com to see the fun zebra base and everything else that is in stock. Thank you very much, Kim. Yeah, and yay for Kim. We love Kim. Yes. And I have not finished anything the last two weeks, but I know you have, Gail. You finished quite a bit while you were on your trip. I did. The first thing I finished was my Unbearable Hoodie by Les Garçons, and I finished that in time to take pictures with my grandchildren while I was in Spokane. And I have those on my project page. And little Wesley was not happy about the whole situation, (laughs) which just made me laugh because... As it turned out, I was trying to adjust his hat while I was holding him facing out against my chest, so I couldn't see his face. And Alex and Josh were both holding phones to take pictures, and they kept saying, the hat's in his eyes, the hat's in his eyes, and I kept trying to pull it back up, and it kept falling down over the poor little guy's eyes. So it's no wonder he was crying. (laughs) I wasn't trying to make him cry, obviously, but, you know, it was kind of funny. So he's adorable. He was 10 pounds, 13 ounces, very, very large little boy. And he was born on Friday, April 23rd, and he's gorgeous, had a great time in Spokane, played with Olivia constantly, and that is exhausting. I don't know how parents do it. Keeping up with the toddler all the time is just exhausting. (laughs) So first thing I finished was the unbearable hoodie. And fast forward to earlier today, I refinished the unbearable hoodie, (laughs) so... Uh (laughs) I think I may have mentioned last episode that I was worried about the amount of yarn I had. Well, I was justifiably worried because I lost yarn chicken. I knit from the sleeve separation down. I knit as much gray yarn as I had, and that gave me about mm, three inches of body. And then I switched to the rest of my pink for Mm -hmm. the ribbing, and that gave me about another inch. So I had, like, the ultimate crop sweater, (laughs) which looked absolutely ridiculous, but was perfect for pictures. When I got home, I ripped it all the way back to under the sleeve separation, and then I did stripes. And I didn't have enough of the pink to stripe it with the pink. So what I did is I found a speckled pink in my stash. And use that held doubled with the rest of the pink I had. That works perfectly. It did. It worked perfectly. It's not match. It you know the stripes don't match the rest of the sweater and the pinks, but 
who cares? It's yeah. just a fun sweater. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> so I finished it this morning and I think I'm happy with it. I have to wash it and block it and put it back on. When I tried it on last night before I finished the ribbing, it was really big in the back. It was strangely large in mm. back, like bunchy large. So maybe it was just the way I was standing. It was on waist yarn. It wasn't, you know, situated on the waist yarn perfectly. So we'll see. I don't know. But it'll be a great fun sweater, even if it's not an incredibly fashionable statement. <laughs> so the unbearable hoodie by Le Garçon. I match my grandkids. And what else is there really? You know? Okay. And I finished two other things. Well, one I finished while I was there. I finished my Lead the Way wrap by Megan Doherty. And this has been on the needles for several months. It's, she calls it a wrap. I think I made mine narrower. So it's more like a scarf. And there's a section where you do stripes in different colors. So it's meant to work with mini skeins and or scraps. And I did a rainbow on mine. So there's a big, beautiful rainbow. And then there's gray as the main color. And then I did single stripes striped with gray of the rest of the rainbow colors I had left and had to keep enough of all of those colors to make the tassels that went on the end. It's like a big chevron. So at the end, I did, I think it is nine tassels and the tassels took forever <laughs> to make. They're very time consuming, but they're super duper cute. Tassels are very cool. Yes. Yeah, it was worth the time and effort. I did have to take a break out. Halfway through, I said to myself, why are you forcing yourself to finish all nine right now? Just take a break. I think good tassels are definitely difficult to make because if you don't make them strong and sturdy, they can get pulled apart fairly easily. Uh-huh. And I don't like wimpy tassels, <laughs> so I had to make them robust. So Yay for robust know. tassels. <laughs> But it's beautiful. I am really, really happy with how it turned out. It's going to be really fun to wear. Probably won't get too much wear with the weather turning hot again, but you never know. There will be chilly days. And that again is Lead the Way by Megan Doherty. And I also finished the Sisterhood Set Hat by Jen Peck. That's a colorwork hat that I knit once before for myself. And this one I knit for Alex. And I used Western Sky Knits, Merino. 17 DK weight in Catherine, which is a deep purple, and winter wheat, which is a golden wheat color that's just gorgeous. Those are two of the colors I used in Alex and Olivia's sweaters. So this will be a not quite matchy matchy hat to go with Alex's sweater. So Sisterhood Set is the name of the set. It's a cowl and hat, but I just knit the hat. And then I also finished something else fun. I finished my first ever macrame plant hanger. Oh, yay. <laughs> and that was pretty fun. Josie and I have been working on that since Christmas, I think. We cast it on. I don't know what you say when you start macrame. Macrame, for those of you who don't know, is basically thick cotton twine, but it's not fine and scratchy. It's much thicker. It, you can't call it a rope. It's something in between. And you just make knots. Basically, it's square knots in different patterns to get a plant hanger. There are millions of DIY videos out there mm -hmm. and or DIY, not DIY, <laughs> do-it-yourself <laughs> videos on YouTube. And it's really, okay, I'm not going to say it's really fun because that's not exactly what I would call it. I would rather knit than do macrame. Yeah. I feel much more productive knitting, but it is incredibly easy to macrame. So we'll be doing that again. And Josie's made several other hangers besides this one. So cool. it was a fun thing to try. Maybe when you start something, you tie one on. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was quite a lot of finishes. And drum roll. We're going to talk about the colors of fall knit along. I can't believe it's already time to talk about it. It's I insane. I can't believe either. It feels like so recently where we're talking about the colors of fall for 2020. I when know. we were all just a little... Shell-shocked? <laughs> well, we were and, and all a little lukewarm about it because there really, there really wasn't 
I mean, there were colors for 2020, but nobody went out to see them. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for nobody sure. wore them. Nobody shopped. That kind of yep. thing. So the colors of fall for 2021 have been released from Pantone. And let's see, the colors of the year, we may have mentioned the colors of the year previously, because the colors of the year were released pretty early. But they are a, there are two colors for this year, gray, which is called ultimate gray, and yellow, which is called illuminating. And I love the combo together. I do too. Yeah. So pretty. So gray and yellow will have links in the show notes that you can find at yarniax.com. And how many years has it been now since we've done this? I do not know. (laughs) It's been at least five, maybe six. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of the first knit along we ever did. It's been annual since then. Yeah. And Colors of Fall are the colors released by the Pantone Company, which is a color swatching. How would you describe it as a photographer? It's a color matching system that is used for, for example, logos. If your company has a red logo, how do you go to a printer and say that it's red number 578 instead of tomato red if it's a mm-hmm. if it's a bright fire engine red or is it a deep red that kind of thing so instead of just saying my color for my logo is red you have something to show the printer so that the printer can get the color correct yeah and every year pantone does the quote, colors of fall, and they've since started doing the colors of spring, and they do the color of the year, all meant to kind of direct slash play to the colors of the fashion industry. So what they expect to be the hot colors for New York Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, London Fashion Week, and they have two color palettes. One is the New York color palette, and one is the London color palette. And I love some of the colors this year. They make me so happy. (laughs) They finally have colors I like. It's been a few years. Which ones are your favorites? Oh my gosh. From the New York color palette, Fuchsia Fedora. Of course, you knew I was going to love that one. Everybody (laughs) saw that and went, oh, Gail's going to love that. And it's funny that they call it the Fuchsia Fedora because Raspberry Beret, the song by Prince. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little takeoff on that, I assume. And it is just as it sounds, a red hot, not red hot, a bright pink, highlight pink fuchsia mm-hmm. color. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. And then from the London palette, first blush is a beautiful light pink, which reminds me of my ranunculus sweater that I just talked about. So I've got two pinks that I just drool over one from each palette. Well, and I feel sorry for you because do you have any colors you like? There are colors that I like. There is a noticeable absence of purple, which yeah. there often is. Uh, purple does not end up on the fashion lists a lot. Rude. <laughs> Rude. So I do like some of the blues, though, on the New York palette. For example, I like the Mykonos blue. The Spring Mm -hmm. Lake. I do like the Ultimate Gray, which is in their core classics set. And that's in both of the palettes. Yeah. And all the blues and the gray, I think, would also look great with that pop of Fuchsia Fedora. Yes. Yeah. On the London palette, let's see, there's also some blues. There's the Ibiza Blue. A clear sky. There's what they call After Midnight on the core mm-hmm. classics, which is an invulnerable black infused blue. So I'm not quite sure what that means. Invulnerable black. <laughs> yeah, it almost looks black. It's such a dark. Yeah, movie. it does. It's really I, pretty. It's very pretty. I quite like that one. And then. Again, the ultimate gray. There's, let's see, 
And Gail mentioned the first blush. That would be, that one would look good with the blues and the grays as well. So I'm leaning towards that kind of combo. So I'm making a little bit of noise in the background here because I'm trying to find... Aha! I bought these two colors together from Stitches years ago. And it's kind of illuminating and fuchsia fedora. It is. Very much so. To be knit so. together yeah. into a shawl or something. So very I think much this so. might have to be a Colors of Fall project. But because I've had these yarns in stash for a long time. That nails it, Kale. Totally nails yeah, it. Yeah, although in this light, this is almost, almost has a little bit of green in it. Maybe it's just my closet light. I have to take it out and look at it in natural light. Yeah, exactly. Light. They call it Sprout. Oh, okay. But that pink, pink really nails it. It's called Funky Fuchsia. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise, I have a fuchsia in my stash. I guess you're all really shocked by that. So I was also thinking not only would the gray and illuminating be a knockout combination, obviously I also like fuchsia with illuminating, but the Ibiza blue yes. with illuminating would also just be stunning. Yeah. They're like opposites on the color wheel almost. Yeah, I love those. Love that combo. Really pretty. And I was laughing because part of our kickoff on Colors of Fall is Charlene and I each do some fashion research because <laughs> that's so funny for me because I'm such not a fashion person. But I described the colors in my notes. I have primary colors with a little cloud around it. And then Harper's Bazaar described them as saturated colors. I'm like, oh, that's how mature fashion people describe them as saturated. <laughs> so I think that's a, overall, the whole palette is very primary to me, like hmm. leprechaun green and illuminating yellow. And these colors are just not the basic versions of the colors mm -hmm. that diminishes them, but the most pure, beautiful version of the colors. Yeah. You know, they're not toned down or muted. They're just beautiful and bright to me. I love them. Yeah, because if you take the Mykonos Blue, the Illuminating, and Fire Whirl, you've got blue, yellow, red right there. You've got your primaries ready mm -hmm. to go. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Really pretty. And looking at what I have in my stash compared to the colors that I really like from the palettes, palettes plural, my one of my stocking sweaters from a few months ago is Eve's by Kate Oates. And I have pink that basically is first blush that I think might become an Eve's. Cool. And I think one of the colors I have as a contrast color is, is it ultimate gray? Ultimate gray. Yes, it so, is. Yeah, super excited about that. When I looked at the at the colors, I thought, oh my gosh, I have some of these in my stash ready to go. Yeah, I haven't pulled out stash to compare yet. I'll go we'll have to do that. So how about fashion trends? Did you do any fashion trends research? I did. Did you? Did you yeah. see all the knits? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. it was so exciting. Usually when I look at the fashion trends, I'm disappointed because it's things like well, I shouldn't say disappointed, but things like sequins and faux fur <laughs> and things that just don't apply to knitting, really. But this year, oh, man. Well, from what I have read, it seems to be the pandemic was all about comfort clothes for a lot of people. A lot of folks stayed at home and the folks who had to work were still wanting comfort, something that you could either work in comfortably because you're if you were at work, chances are your work situation was more casual and different. If you were at home, you didn't have to dress for work. So folks were dressing very casually in 2020. And from what I've read, that is the way people want to continue to dress in 2021. And so exactly. The, the fact that knit garments are very comfortable and very stretchy, I think, is the reason for their popularity on the runway this year. Yeah, and I saw the word cozy used in all of the three, quote, high fashion 
sources that I looked at. Do you? That is so funny that you. Well, I guess we probably looked at a lot of the same resources because the word I wrote down, word I see repeated, is cozy. (laughs) Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. Yay for cozy fashion. So knit garments. There were knit vests as well. Vests. Even a crocheted vest. Even crocheted vests, yes. (laughs) Um, there were examples of both knit and crocheted vests in several collections, and people were layering them, lots of layering. So you'd have a short vest with a long t-shirt or a long blouse underneath it. You'd have a long vest with layers of t-shirt underneath it. Maybe you'd see layers at the collars, just lots of different layers. Or you'd have a long vest, perhaps with a short jacket on top of it, that kind of thing. Lots of different levels of layering. So hemline difference from your tops. You have one thing short, one thing long. Oh, and I saw lots of baubles too. Textured knits. Texture. Yeah. Lots yeah. of baubles and very big cables. Yes, I, I wrote texture in several places. And did you see the Vogue? There was a giant wrap. Yes. Was, yes. yes. And the, I, I wrote down the quote. It says, who says a blanket isn't a garment? Yes. Was the quote. <laughs> and it was really pretty. It was basically a schlanket. Yes. And they, it was, so in most of these resources that I looked at, they, They'll have a summary and then they'll have a montage of pictures with all of the designers listed. And for this one, they they listed all of the designers that were doing that same type of style. And they said that one of them was working with the agricultural something of the United Nations to work with craftspeople who do this as their livelihood, I assume. And I thought that was really cool. Yes. It's you're starting to see that in fashion more, I hope. And it was just, it made me feel good that they were actually honoring the, you know, the craftspeople who did this. And I've been reading a book about Native Americans and they talk about how the women wear blankets. It's part of what they wear. So blankets as a garment has been around for centuries. Well, I've got my, a couple of very large shawls slash schlankets that I'm definitely looking forward to wearing (laughs) (laughs) or just artfully draping them around me when I sit at home and work. (laughs) Yeah. I think that I'm going to have to start doing that with my fading point is maybe just, yeah. Exactly what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. I really love that garment. So I'm looking forward to wearing it. Yeah. It's just so pretty. I'm tempted to just hang it on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then Harper's Bazaar had a big knits with an exclamation point and they said again comfort was right next to it in the description of knits and then they had a whole separate section of apres ski and they said fair isle knits color so work used, sweaters yeah but they even said fair isle yeah. knits so i was impressed Very and, cool. oh the color work was so pretty that montage of, of different yeah. sweaters together was just breathtaking and as knitters I don't know if Fair Isle sweaters ever go out of style. So we're right there. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And what struck me as interesting in that particular montage, especially, was I usually think of runway garments as way over the top. You yeah. know, they're built to make a huge impact and not ready to wear. Well, the sweaters in that picture were definitely mostly not all of them, but a lot of them were things you could just wear. And weren't like overly dramatic, like one of those knits. Did you see like the giant dress that was almost a bell at the bottom? I did. Knit dress. <laughs> that I don't think most people would wear. No, as that's a practical garment. That was definitely a runway piece. Yes. But a lot of those sweaters in that one picture were just like, I'd yeah. wear that tomorrow yeah. if it was cold enough. Very cool. So that kind of wraps up the colors. Maybe what's coming, what, well, what came down the runway and what might trickle down into our wardrobes. And if you want to chat about this, we'll have discussion on Ravelry. If you cannot use Ravelry, please look for us on Facebook and Instagram.
Yeah, I think Robbie already opened a Colors of Fall chat thread, didn't I she? I think so. I think she did. Yeah, so we can start chatting about that. People. Oh, we should talk about the dates. I did write the dates oh, down this time. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, we always kick this off on the summer solstice and end it on the fall equinox. And this year, the summer solstice starts on June 20th, or is on June 20th. So that's the date the knit along begins. And it will end on the fall equinox, which is September 22nd. And feel free to swatch and do all of your prep before then. And then we'll all have a giant cast on on June 20th, which is really not that far away. It's not. That's why we <laughs> needed to get this going so I that know. people could plan. I can't believe it's May. It's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it should still be January yeah. or last December. <laughs> so hopefully you have some colors you love. In, and background on the, on the knit-along, you can knit anything you want. And the only, requ- quote, requirement is that you have one color from one of the palettes in your knit. And that doesn't have to be a main color. The whole project doesn't have to be in that color. And even if you have to squint to see that color, <laughs> it still counts. We aren't super particular about it, but it's the colors of fall and an outfit is what we're aiming for. So please style your finished object, whatever it was you knit, with as a full outfit. And then take a picture it doesn't have to be on your body. It can be on a hanger. It can be laid on the bed or on a floor or whatever. And last year we had really interesting ones because of everyone being at home. So <laughs> styled blankets, I think was a theme. <laughs> you know, it could be a home accessory yep. even. So, we make it work. Yeah. So we do want to see you wearing or styled with the finished object as an outfit because Charlene and, get, and I get a lot of inspiration for what we might wear. <laughs> We do. Coming up. Yes. Okay. And that's all there is to it. That's it. And we'll be talking about the knit along more to come in the following, next following episodes. Yeah, as we're planning what we're going to do. Yeah. I'm excited. I am too. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying your knitting and your crafting. And until the next time. Thanks for listening. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.